This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Myers. Guess I should say your teacher, not your host. There's no one I'm hosting, <laughs> except for me. Today, we begin looking at Genesis 4. This is episode number 52. So that's a year's worth, really. So I've been at this a little more than a year, but we are now on episode number 52. Uh, and rather than dive right into the text today on uh, Genesis 4, I thought that I would first tell you a story. Hearing this story will help you better understand what is going on in this critical chapter of the Bible. Uh, Before we get to the story, though, I want to ask you if you've signed up to take my online course. I recently uh, opened up a course on my blog. The course is called The Gospel According to Scripture. And if you like listening to this podcast, you will also like that course. It's mostly audio-based, but uh, the transcript texts are also there. You can download. There's also some quizzes and other things. Um, But you can download the audio lessons, listen to them, learn on your iPod, in your car, while you're walking your dog, whatever. In the course, though, I I talk about lessons that are related to the gospel. And a lot like this podcast, what I teach in the the course is probably some stuff you haven't heard before, at least not too often. Uh, In in the story I tell you today, for example, I'm going to talk a little bit about a family who experienced some guilt, shame, and fear, and I tell you how they found freedom. And so I don't know if you've ever experienced guilt, shame, and fear. You're going to learn something that will help you today as I tell you the story. But in the course, the gospel according to scripture, I talk a lot in there about dealing with guilt, shame, fear, finding forgiveness from God, knowing that he has always loved and always forgiven you for everything, no matter what you've done or said or thought. So if you're dealing with those sorts of issues, those sorts of questions, those sorts of fears... Please sign up to take the course, The Gospel According to Scripture. And uh, you can take the first couple lessons for free. Just go to redeeminggod.com slash register. Get a free account, the faith membership account. And if you like the lessons, the free lessons, then um, you can take the entire course for free by becoming a premium member. Join the Hope or Love membership. There's a, a small fee for those whether you pay monthly or annually, but uh, then you will be able to take the $300 course absolutely free. So to learn more about this, see the options, just go to redeeminggod.com slash register to get started. And all of that is explained in more detail there. So can't wait to see you there in the course, The Gospel According to Scripture. So let me tell you a story about a man and his family. Once upon a time, there was a man who had a fantastic job. Uh, He loved his work. He loved the people that he worked with. The pay was okay. That's not why he loved his job. He just loved uh, where he worked. He he, he loved being part of what the company was doing. His boss, the CEO of the company, was, was one of the greatest men in the world. And would regularly ask this man, 
this father for advice and input on business decisions. In fact, they would have lunch every single day where they would talk about business and life and family and marriage and just, you know, what's going on in the world with politics and even sometimes the weather, things like that. Uh, They would talk uh, about baseball. Sometimes even uh, they would meet after work in the weekends, go golfing or go get coffee or watch a basketball game in one of their house or something, talk about life. So this is one of the reasons the man loved the job so much. Not only that, the work that they did at this company was exciting and fulfilling. It, It was changing the world for the better. It was helping people's lives. And so this man, you know, because of the close friendship, the relationship he had with the CEO of the company, knew that his life also had purpose, meaning, and significance. There was one thing, however, about the job that sort of bothered the man. Very early in the job, the, the first time the CEO of the company had invited him to his top floor office for lunch, the CEO had pointed to a desk drawer, one of the drawers on his desk, the top right desk drawer, and said, you must never look in that drawer. Uh, I'm going to trust you to have access to everything else in the company. You you can get onto my computer. You can read my emails. You can access my own personal bank accounts if you want to see see, see how much money I'm making and where I'm spending. I don't care. You can go with me on business trips. You can learn. You can sit in on board. You can learn everything and anything about the company, but you cannot look in that top right desk drawer. That drawer is my own personal space. You must never look in that drawer, all right? No matter what. Uh, the CEO loved this man so much. You know, he said, he said, look, you and your family, I love you so much. I love your family. You and your family will always have a place in the business. When you, when you have children, they grow up, I will hire them. They will have a place here, but neither they nor you can ever look in that drawer. The man was fine with that. I mean, he got a great job, good pay, great boss. You just can't look in a drawer, no big deal. So he was fine with that for for many, many years. But it was often this sort of question, this thought in the back of his mind, what is in that drawer? Uh, He he knew it. It had to be, you know, some big dark secret CEO was hiding. Maybe it was uh, an invention that the CEO wanted to keep for himself. So eventually, one year... As they were having lunch, the CEO got called out of the room to speak briefly with another business partner. And, and the man, he, he, he got up out of his chair and he went over, put his hand on the handle of the drawer and slowly opened it to see what was inside. Inside the drawer was nothing but a camera, <laughs> which... As he opened the door, had been rigged up some way, it flashed and took a picture of the man's startled face as he's looking down under this drawer. Well, he knew he was caught. It had just taken a picture of his, of his face looking down into the drawer. So he panicked and he picked up the camera, took it over and threw it out the skyscraper window. <laughs> uh, but then he realized that only made things worse because... He just realized, oh, I have no idea what was on that camera. I mean, obviously, that picture of my face, but maybe it was pictures of this man's past or his kids or some 
special idea that was going to make the company millions of dollars. Who knows what? You know, what irreplaceable pictures were on that camera? Future plans, product line for the company. What if it had just been, you know, he panicked and he didn't know what to do. So he, he didn't wait for the CEO to come back. He fled the room. Uh, he even went home for the rest of the day. He called in sick. He went to his his boss, uh, you know, a lower manager in, in the company and said, like, I, I'm not feeling good. I got to go home for the day. So he went home the next day. Um, and, then, and the next day, though, he, he knew, like, I got to face the music. I'm going to get fired today. The boss is going to go come back. He found me missing from lunch and he's going to check the drawer, find out this camera's gone, his irreplaceable, priceless, whatever was on that camera's gone. He's going to know that I did it and I'm going to get fired. I might as well go in. So he went in, but he wasn't fired. Uh, in, in fact, quite to the contrary, uh, around 11.30, 12 o'clock, normal lunchtime appointment, the uh, CEO of the company sent down an invitation saying, hey, waiting for you for, for lunch up here. Where are you? Everything okay? Can you come up for lunch? But the man was too scared to face his boss. Thought maybe the CEO was just trying to get him up there so he can fire him in person. Why did you look in my desk drawer? That sort of a thing. So so he came up with an excuse on why he could not visit the CEO for lunch that day. He felt so ashamed, obviously. He knew it was just a matter of time. You know, maybe the CEO already had seen that he had looked in the drawer and thrown the camera out, gotten rid of it. Maybe the CEO thought he stole it. Who knows what? So he imagined the CEO was it was just a matter of time before he got arrested, even for destroying whatever's on that camera. But the CEO never, never came down and confronted him, didn't challenge him. Instead, the CEO just kept sending down day after day invitations. Hey, haven't seen you in a while. Please come up for lunch. I miss talking with you. But the man, he never went. And so slowly, over time, the invitations just stopped coming. The man, though, he continued to work there, thinking that every day was likely going to be his last. Uh, But he never really enjoyed his work the same way as he did before. It seemed more like drudgery now. It, It wasn't as fulfilling or enjoyable as it was before. His work lacked purpose and meaning and significance. At home, this attitude sort of came home with him as well. His wife saw it. She got worried about him. He told her what had happened, of course, and so she gets worried about him losing his job as well. I mean, she's thankful that he still had his job, but the two of them, they worried about that camera for years and years. When is he going to find out? When am I going to get fired? They're just waiting for the hammer to fall, right? For the CEO to find out, terminate the man's employment at the company. Well, the years went by, and they had a son. And then a few years later, they had a second son, another son. And as their sons grew, the parents told their children, their two sons, what had happened. They told them about how their father had been best friends with the CEO of the company. But while their father was still there, uh, what he had done, he had gone and looked in this drawer that had the camera in it. And it Never Things had never been the same ever since. He never had lunch with the CEO. They never went out golfing or, you know, hung out at each other's homes on the weekends. Nothing like that anymore. In fact, the father sort of said, you know, that the, the company's sort of been struggling ever since. I, I guess the CEO really enjoyed these lunches, or maybe I was more help to him talking over the ideas of the company that I ever imagined. We've made some bad financial decisions, bad investments, bad product lines the last couple of years. 
People at the company seem less happy there. I don't know what's going on, but I just cannot face the CEO. Uh, Because of the stress on the family, the father, you know, he often got sick. He didn't sleep very well. A lot of times he would just stare on the couch and, or sit on the couch and stare at the wall, you know, brooding about how bad his life had become, how bad his job had become, wondering what he could do to fix it, to go back to the way things were. Whenever they went out on errands, you know, as a family, Walmart or wherever it is they go, down to the mall, Christmas shopping, who knows what the father would often look nervously around. I mean, he knew the CEO was out and out and in the town running errands himself. He, he never wanted to run into him, face him in public. One of the things he often did also is as they're walking around stores is he would go to the camera aisle and stare at the cameras who were there. And he would point out to his sons, see that camera? That's exactly the type of camera that I saw in that drawer. That one right there. Who knows? Maybe this is even where the CEO bought the camera. It looks just like that one. The sons obviously saw that this affected their father and, you know, didn't know what to do about it. Anyway, time went by and the sons grew. And when the older son was in his late teen years, he began to look for a job. And the father remembered what the CEO had said You and your family will always have a place in my company. When your children get old enough to work here, send them here. I'll I'll give them a job. So he thought, well, what can it hurt? Told his son, look, you're looking for a job. You might as well start where I work. CEO hasn't fired me yet, so not sure what all that's about. But you might as well go in for an interview and see if you can get a job. So so the the oldest son, he went in and uh, he filled out an application. And a couple of days later, about a week later, he got a call for an interview. So on the uh, set date and time, he went in for the interview, and wouldn't you know it, he's not going to, turns out he's not getting interviewed by the Human Resources Department. He has been scheduled for an interview with the CEO himself. So, uh, at first, he, he's pretty nervous and scared about this, but he really wanted a job, and he's curious about this CEO he's heard so much about but never met. So, with sweaty palms and shaking knees, he entered into the room to be interviewed by the CEO. And surprisingly, everything went quite well. They exchanged some pleasantries. CEO asked a few questions about why the young man wanted to work there. And then, just as the young man was thinking, maybe he doesn't know who my father is, the CEO looked up from his desk and said, Hey, tell me, how's your father? (laughs) Young man was taken aback. You know, he mumbled something on, you know, he's fine, you know, glad to be working here and have a job, you know, he loves the company, you know, something, just mumbled something like that. Anyway, the CEO said, well, that's good to hear. Uh, And uh, because you are his son, I remember what I promised him, you have a place in my company. You're hired. When can you start? Can you start tomorrow? (laughs) Sure, the son said, you know, he's got a job. After a few more questions about the job and, you know, what what his responsibilities will be, they shook hands and the son uh, headed out the door. One more thing the CEO said just before the the, the boy left the office. The son stopped dead in his tracks. You know, here it comes. Here it comes. He's going to ask about the camera. You know, tell his dad, come in, get fired. Who knows what? He turned around and said, yes. What is it, sir? He says, hey, I... I really miss having lunch with your father all these years. How would you like it if you joined me for lunch? Starting tomorrow. You start your job tomorrow? Just 
I'd like to have lunch with your father. You come in and start having lunch with me instead. I would really like that, if, if that'd be okay with you. Son, obviously, he's shocked. You know, he doesn't know what to say for a second or two. So uh, finally, he blurts out, you know, absolutely. <laughs> See you tomorrow. And he bolts for the door. That night, he tells his, his parents and his brother, his younger brother, that he's been hired and that the CEO has asked him, invited him up for lunch. Obviously, there's much debate about why would he do this? You haven't even started there. He doesn't know what kind of employee you are. You know, he's going to say something about your father and the camera and looking in the drawer and all of that. Anyway, you know, what could he do, though? So the next day, he goes to work, starts his work. Then around lunchtime, he gets the invitation to go on up. So he does, goes up to the top floor office. And the CEO and the young man, they sit down and they have lunch together. And they start talking about the business and the direction, what should be done. Start talking about some of the decisions that are facing this, the CEO is facing for the future. As the lunch concluded, the CEO looked at the young man and said, I really enjoyed this. I need someone like you to bounce my ideas off of. Just some to talk about life and decisions and directions for the company. How would you like to make this a regular thing? I will mentor you. I will give you access to everything in the company. I think we could really do something great for the people who work here and for our customers. The way I did with your father. So what do you say? (laughs) Sounds great, says the young man. I mean, who doesn't want that with the CEO of the company? You can count on me. Good, says the CEO. I was hoping you would say that. There's just one thing, though. I'm going to give you insights into the inner workings of this company. And as part of that, you can have access to everything. I'll let you read my email if you want. You can look in my bank accounts if you want. There's just one thing, though. See that desk over there? The top right drawer of that desk is my area alone. You can never, ever open that drawer. I, I myself, I don't look in it very often. In fact, it, I haven't looked in it for years. But uh, it is completely off limits to you. So if you can agree to that, that one condition, that one stipulation, then we can continue to have lunch and discuss life, family, friendship, business. What do you say? <laughs> it's a deal, said the young man. And after shaking the CEO's hand, he left the office. That night, he told his parents and his brother what, what the CEO had said, especially the part about how the CEO hasn't looked in that desk drawer for years. I think, he said, he said his father, I... I I'm not even sure he's looked in it since you looked in it years ago and threw out that camera. He said he hasn't looked in the drawer for years. That's why he kept inviting you to lunch. He doesn't know the camera's missing. Maybe that's why you never got fired. He doesn't know. The father said, well, that might be. (laughs) I guess that's good, but it doesn't really help any. Because one of these days, he's bound to open that drawer and look. Uh, and it really only makes things worse because when he finally realizes what happened that the camera's gone missing, he's going to know I did it, and then he's not only going to fire me, but he's going to fire you as well. (laughs) He never would have hired you if he had known what I did. Once he finds out, we're both done. So the next day, the son went up to meet the CEO for lunch, and, and like before, they had a great time discussing life and business and the future, family. And this went on. For days, weeks, months, and years. And the two of them became very good friends. But every day, as that young man entered into the office, he glanced at that desk drawer. 
wondering if this was the day the CEO had looked into the drawer and this was the day that both he and his father would lose their jobs. One day after lunch, it occurred to him that if the CEO had never looked into the drawer, then whatever had been on the camera really couldn't have been that important. Maybe it occurred to him... Maybe there was never anything on the camera in in the first place. Maybe the drawer and the camera and it rigged up to take a picture when the drawer was open. It was just a test, a way to test his employees to see if they were faithful and obedient. And if that was the case, if there wasn't anything really that special on that first camera, the one his father had thrown out, then maybe the son could fix things for the family. He remembered that whenever they went into the store, the father pointed out to him exactly what the camera looked like, and he could go buy it, and then maybe somehow he could get it into that top right desk drawer, and then the CEO would never know that it had been it had gone missing. Everything would be all right again. The father could join him with the lunches with the CEO, and the three of them could could laugh and plan the company and live life together. It would be wonderful. And then the younger son, you know, here in a year or two, when he started working there, um, he could work at the company and he could join them as well. And it would just be wonderful. The more the son thought about it, the more he realized this is the perfect plan. He could rescue his family from the fear and the the shame and the, the guilt of what his father had done. He he could deliver his father, give him his dignity back, his respect back, his position back. He could save his father and his parents from living in fear of losing his job, give him his relationship with the CEO back. Everything would be fixed. So that night he went out and he bought the camera that his father often pointed out and put it in his briefcase. Then For the next couple of weeks, as he enjoyed lunch with the CEO, he looked for an opportunity to slip it into that desk drawer. And one day, the perfect opportunity arose. They they were eating, and the secretary uh, called in and said that uh, one of the company lawyers had a quick question for the CEO. And so he said, excuse me, I'll be right back. And uh, the CEO left. Quickly, the, the oldest son, he pulled the camera out of his briefcase, ran over to the desk drawer, and opened it up, ready to place the camera inside, fix everything that had gone wrong, deliver his family and his parents from their shame and fear and guilt and all that. But much to his surprise, as he opened the drawer, he saw that there was already a camera in there. And as the drawer opened, the camera flashed and took a picture of his surprised face. The young man stared at the camera for a second, realizing the significance of what it meant. The CEO had, in fact, known that the camera was missing all along, and had simply replaced it with another one. And now the son had fallen into the same trap or temptation as had his father. But the thing is, as quickly as his realization dawned on the son that he had fallen into the same temptation, he also realized it didn't matter. He could fix it. The plan still was fine. He could take that camera out that had just taken a picture of his face and put the one in that he had bought, the one that didn't have any pictures on it yet. And no one would ever be the wiser. So he reached in, pulled out the camera, put the new one inside, shut the drawer, headed back to his seat. 
And then the CEO came, and they finished their lunch, and the man went back down to his, uh, to his office and thought that uh, everything was fine, everything had been fixed. That night over dinner, he triumphantly told his family what he had done. He explained how he had, how he had bought the identical, ca- identical camera, had, uh, and even though there was already a replacement camera in the drawer that had taken his picture, that's the one he had in his pocket now, in his briefcase. And he held it out for them to see. This is the camera I pulled. This one took my picture, but I took it out, put that other one back in there, and I couldn't rig it up exactly to take a picture of whoever opens the drawer next. But, you know, the, the CEO, he'll just think that something went wrong if he checks it or something. So so everything's good. <laughs> Dad, you're in the clear. I'm in the clear. Everybody's in the clear. It's going to be great. You know, there, there's a big debate about, though, you know, well, the CEO had to have known somewhere along the way that that camera, the one your father had thrown out the window, somehow it... it, it it had gone missing. He, he had to have known for him to replace it. I mean, you might have saved yourself by taking the camera out that had taken the picture of your face, they told the oldest son, but, you know, hadn't saved me. The older son said, no, you saved yourself. Don't you see? You saved yourself by throwing the camera out the window. That camera took a picture of you, but the CEO never got a hold of that camera because you threw it out the window, and so he apparently never knew who looked into the drawer and removed that camera. So you're fine, Dad. You're in the clear. No one ever had access to that camera. He saw it was missing, but he didn't know who took it out, so he put that new one in there. It took a picture of me. I've got that one now. The new one's in there. No pictures. We're good. Everything's good. You can join me for lunch tomorrow with the CEO. And then my younger brother, when he starts there, he can join us as well. It's going to be wonderful. Who knows? There's going to be three of us there. Maybe eventually he'll even give the business to us. As the family was talking about this, the younger son was looking at the camera, which his older son, I mean, his older brother had removed from the CEO's desk drawer. And he said, look at this. Things probably aren't quite as good as you think. He says, look at this. The camera is engraved on the back. It says that this camera is the property of the CEO. He looked at his older brother. He says, there's no way you knew this engravement was on the back of this camera, did you? In fact, there's no way you had that camera you put in the CEO's desk drawer. There's no way you had it engraved, did you? So uh, you're, you're both found out now. If the CEO checks, he's going to see the camera's replaced. The camera in there is not this camera because it's not engraved. And so obviously, with that revelation, all the excitement left the room. Both the father and the older son were now back in the same predicament as before. So they went to work the next day knowing for sure that they were going to get fired. But, just like before... Neither one of them got fired. But, also, just like before, neither one felt like they could face the CEO, and so, neither one went up for lunch. And this time, both of them entered into this period of depression, fear, shame, just waiting for the hammer to fall, to be found out, and both of them to lose their jobs. But, As before, neither one of them lost their job. And they began to wonder why. They continued to wonder why. So a couple years later, the younger son, also old enough to get a job, also asked in for an interview with the CEO, and, just like his older brother, 
younger son was hired on the spot, part of the family, and invited to share lunch with the CEO. And just like before, at that first lunch with the CEO, the CEO said, look, everything in the company is available, open to you for you to look at, inspect, have, enjoy, appreciate all of that. I'm going to share it all with you, except for what's in that top right drawer. You must not look in there. So that night, he told his father and his older brother what had happened, what they had seen, what the CEO had said. And so there was a big debate. Well, let's try it again. Let's go down. We'll get another camera. This time, we will engrave it just like the one we have. It's going to be exactly, it's going to say the same words, same font, everything. And then all you have to do, you know, younger son, is go in there and get that other camera out, the wrong one, without the engraving, put this one in there. Then we'll be in the clear. Everything's going to be fine. So the older son, he even went out. He bought the camera. He paid for the engraving and he gave it to his brother. And he said, this is it. Put it in your briefcase. And when you have opportunity, put it in the drawer. So the younger son, this is what he did. He, he put, the, he put the, uh, the camera in his briefcase, took it with him to work the next day. Plan was put it in the desk drawer when the CEO left the office. And wouldn't you know it, that very day, the second lunch day, the CEO got briefly called out of the office to speak to a board member about the company. So as soon as the CEO left, the younger son pulled out the engraved camera, walked over to the CEO's desk where the drawer was, and then, without opening the drawer, put the camera on top of the desk, right in the center where the CEO was sure to see it. Then he went, sat down, and waited for the CEO to return. Well, a few minutes later, the CEO did return. And when he walked into the room, he saw the camera sitting right in the center of his desk, and he stopped dead in his tracks. He slowly walked over to the desk, picked up the camera, turned it around in his hand, <laughs> He read the engraved message on the back, exactly the same, you know, got this puzzled look on his face. And he turned to the young man and said, what is this? Where did you get this? Didn't I tell you to not open that drawer? Yes, sir, you did. And I obeyed. I did not open the drawer. And then the younger son told the CEO the entire story. He confessed what his father had done so many years ago, what his older brother had done, and how last night they had planned to try to cover it all up again with this camera. And at the end of the story, the son said, Look, I know that me telling you this probably means that all three of us are fired. You know, but uh, frankly, sir, we're all tired of living in fear and guilt and shame. <laughs> And even though we might lose our jobs, I want to see my family set free from all of that fear, even if it costs us our job. CEO looked at the, the younger son for a minute, and then a smile slowly formed on his lips. He reached over to the top right desk drawer and slowly slid it open. As it did, the camera inside flashed and took a picture as it had done with the father and the older son. And then the CEO reached in and pulled out the camera. And much to the shock of the younger son, it was a completely new model of camera. If he had opened the drawer, it would have taken a picture of him and he would not have been able to replace it 
because the camera he had bought, that his older brother had bought, and which had been engraved as, was a different style, model, color, everything than the camera that was now in the drawer. <laughs> and he looked questioningly at the CEO and he said, how did you know? Why didn't you care that my father and my brother looked in the drawer? What's going on here? What's all this about? The CEO smiled broadly and said, I'm looking for business partners. I need partners who will trust me and who are honest with me. I gave your father and your brother, and now you, access to everything in the company except for that one drawer. I wanted to see if you would trust me in the areas you did not have access to, no matter how large or significant they might, they might be. Uh, and if you messed up, which is fine, we all make mistakes, ended up looking in the drawer, look, it's not that big of a deal. There's nothing on these cameras, except for the picture they take when the drawer is opened. And if that had happened, as it did with your father and your brother, I wanted you to simply come to me and admit your mistake. Tell me what, what had happened. And then we could have moved on from there. It's why I kept inviting them back for lunch. I wanted to see if they would tell me what they had done. But they never came to lunch again. Now, though, you have admitted the entire thing. You have shown me that you trust me because you didn't look in the drawer. You have admitted what your family has done, even though you yourself didn't do it. That is what I am looking for in a business partner. Today is only your first day on the job, but how would you like to become partner with me in the company? The younger son couldn't believe it, <laughs> but he accepted the offer immediately. That night he went home, told his father, his mother, and his brother what had happened. They all rejoiced. The next day, the father and the older brother, they joined the CEO and the younger brother for lunch. They had a good laugh about what had happened. Father and the older son, they you know fessed up. They admitted what they had done. They asked the CEO for forgiveness, and of course he extended it to them. He said, there's nothing to forgive. You know, I just want you to know you have nothing to fear from me. I just want you to trust me. Even when you don't understand everything that's going on, trust me. And if you ever mess up, it's fine. Just come to me and admit it. It's okay. As part of this lunch, however, the older son got to be a bit jealous of his younger brother. Uh, he had been the one to grow up dreaming and planning about rescuing their family, restoring their father's place in the company. It was, but it was his younger son, his younger brother, who had actually been able to accomplish it. And because the older brother, you know, had been the one to get the camera from, from the drawer, that's the only reason they knew that they needed the, the engraving on it. And then the older brother had been the one to go out and get the camera and get it engraved at his own expense and all this. And, and he, he felt the, you know, the, the younger son hadn't actually done anything. All he did was, you know, con he, he, he wasn't even wrong. All he did was confess somebody else's crime. I mean, that, that's not worthy of making him a partner in the company. Over time, he started to even get jealous of, 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 his, of his younger brother's position. Figured, well, I'm smarter. I'm the one that came up with the plan. He doesn't deserve this. He didn't even work here very long. He, he began to resent his, his brother. Finally, he stopped going to the lunches altogether. He just couldn't take it anymore. But that made things worse because then at night they would talk about the what they had discussed with the CEO, and he hadn't been part of the lunch that day, so 
started resenting hearing them talk about it at dinner at night. In fact, he even began to disagree with some of the decisions that they were making. Horrible advice, he thought, that his, that his father and his brother were giving to the CEO. The, the company was headed in the wrong direction. And he knew, his older brother knew, that if he had the ear of the CEO, well, he would have given different advice and, and had sent the company off in a better direction. And this resentment built over time began to have some really terrible thoughts. And one day, he was out on a bike ride with his brother in the mountains. And he got so angry and resentful toward his brother about his position in the company and how his brother had rescued and delivered the family instead of himself doing it. And, you know, the two of them are riding along this especially treacherous part of the mountain path. And he rode up alongside his brother and gave him a big old shove right off a mountain cliff and watched him and his bike tumble down the mountain till his brother was dead at the bottom. He told his family after it, it was a riding accident. His brother's wheel hit a rock, fell off. After the funeral, though, he, you know, then the shame and guilt set in and he had trouble facing his parents. Couldn't go to work anymore. Just, it was too many bad memories there. So he moved away to another part of the country, got married, you know, lived a decent life, had kids, started his own business, and actually did fairly successful, was fairly successful at it. And he lives there to this very day. The end. Hmm. It's a strange story, right? Obviously fictional, but it's actually not so fictional. What I have just told you is a basic retelling of Genesis chapter 4. Don't believe me? Look, uh, this week, go read the chapter again for yourself. The father is Adam, obviously. Cain is the older brother. And Abel is the younger This makes God the CEO and the business, this world, and what humans are supposed to be doing in this world. The CEO, I'm sorry, the camera, obviously, is the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. (laughs) Go read the chapter with those things in mind, and you will see things. Why Cain did what he did in bringing an offering of fruit to God. Well, my parents, my father, took the fruit. So let me give it back. Look, we're going to get into all the details of this story in later episodes of the One Verse Podcast, but I wanted to tell you this story today so that you have a picture, a background, a framework of what's going on in the family of Adam and even what Cain was thinking when he brought this offering of fruit to God and what he was thinking when he set out to murder his brother Abel. The context for this story, the story I just told you, helps us understand Genesis 4 like never before. So we'll dive into that next week, picking up with Genesis chapter 4. We'll probably look at the first three or four verses or so, see how the story of Cain and Abel unfolds. Uh, hey, and also don't make sure, join me online with this uh, course on the gospel. You, look, to, to learn more, just go to redeeminggod.com register. Become a member. Start off with the free membership, the faith membership. 
can take uh, the first couple lessons of the course for free that way. Uh, if you really like it, feel like the, co- the lessons, uh, the, the course is going to be a benefit to you, learning about God's love and grace and mercy and forgiveness for you no matter what, well, then I recommend you become a Hope or Love member. It's a small monthly fee or a one-time annual fee, saves you even more. And then, at that point, you can take the entire course for free and learn about how God simply wants you to trust Him and admit to you, admit to Him when things go wrong. He's not going to judge you, condemn you, accuse you. He's not even going to punish you. He's going to love you, bless you. He already has, in fact. He wants to have lunch with you tomorrow. Anyway, all that's taught in the course. Go to redeeminggod.com slash register and learn more. And uh, then join us next week when we pick up in Genesis 4.1 with the story of Cain trying to rescue and deliver his family from their fear, guilt, and shame to get them back into the Garden of Eden. See you then.